Good morning, everyone. We're going to start this morning on a Tuesday with some breaking news that's happening right now. This is a live look that we're looking of the United States Capitol. And you see lawmakers are still on the floor, the Senate floor, where senators are voting on a bill to send $95 to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Yeah, last night, senators also voted to limit debate. There was a filibuster that was in an attempt. They worked through the weekend on this $95 billion spending package. And if it passes the Senate, it'll go to the House, where the Speaker Mike Johnson suggested yesterday he won't bring it up for a vote because the package does not deal with border security. Here are your other Tuesday morning headlines. Flight attendants from 24 Airlines will be protesting here in Austin and nationwide today. They say they want better working conditions and better pay. This is video of a United flight attendant protest in December. Today's protest is taking place at the Austin Airport Red Parking Garage at 11 this morning. Also, the city of Austin is kicking off an effort to preserve the city's past. City officials are going to speak tonight at an event at Houston Tillotson University. That starts at 6.30. They're celebrating the launch of the city's draft equity-based preservation plan. city's population has nearly tripled since the last historic preservation plan was developed back in 1981. A potential development opportunity at Austin's Convention Center. Austin City Council members are meeting today. It's a work session at City Hall to talk about that. City planning to close the convention center for construction after South by Southwest in 2025. It would reopen the new building before South by in 2029. And as you wake up with us on this Tuesday, February the 13th, a live look outside. It is Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras celebrations. We're looking over the downtown Austin skyline where it's gonna get maybe a little bit more active and busy tonight, but not so much this morning. Lots of people gonna celebrate the last night of Carnival. There's also people planning for a special night out tomorrow for Valentine's Day and with some major events underway right now, we have Kristen Curry here looking at the forecast. Yeah, overall, we're not seeing big time storms or washout okay. conditions. That's the good news, but maybe not 100% dry either. Let me show you what we've got out there this morning. Live light from our rock and dirt yard camera there in Buda. It's just uh, mainly clear skies up top and on the bottom. There's no fog issues this morning. 37 degrees though. If there's any little hiccup in the forecast, it's the fact that it's cold out there this morning coldest morning of the work week unfolding at the moment 35 in Georgetown 38 in Austin 32 in Lano 36 in Bastrop it's possible we lose a couple of degrees off these temperatures as we get closer to sunrise so some patchy spots likely to freeze especially out in the hill country some low-lying areas as well these temperatures a little bit cooler than what we had yesterday but we do rebound nicely dry air sitting down here at the ground means it's not going to have any problem warming up today with all the sunshine we anticipate from those 30s and 40s this morning. We get up to about 67 today. That is pretty seasonable for us with the sunshine pretty much area wide. Coming up, those temperatures get even better tomorrow, milder midweek, but we are tracking some late week rain. Really, even tomorrow, it's possible we see a few sprinkles on Valentine's Day, but a better chance of rain will come in the days that follow. We've got some cooler weekend weather to tell you about, too. Those afternoon highs coming down behind a strong cold front that will impact us from the north. So, a lot to discuss in the late week forecast. We'll have more details coming up in your first morning weather.
You know, you will, Kristen, thank you. Austin police really need your help finding this woman and this toddler. Police say 72-year-old Gloria Moore has not been seen since around 4.30 Monday near River Place Boulevard in West Austin. She has a two-year-old, Journey Johnson, a picture there. APD is concerned because Gloria Moore has a medical condition. They were last seen in a Honda Civic with a license plate number 4722L. Three, seven. A closer look at both of them on our website at kxan.com. If you see them, please call 911. Well, you're looking at here behind us, and if you're watching on our podcast, we have this online. It is the Austin Police Department new public crime dashboard. This was created after city leaders asked for it late last year. Yeah, the goal is to keep you informed about community crime and help the police department guide policy decisions when it comes to staffing shortages, response times, and mental health calls. KXN's Brianna Hollis shows us the crime stats that you now have at your fingertips. In a rapidly growing city like Austin, crime rises naturally. This new APD dashboard lets you see when, where, and how often various crimes occur. You can view crimes by council district, crime comparisons year over year dating back to 2020, and yearly breakdowns and definitions of some of the city's most serious crimes. These include murder, assault, sex crimes, robbery, and theft. Exciting, we're getting open data from the police department. It's a great start but there are places where we can improve. We wanted to use this as an opportunity to find the types of crime statistics community members find the most valuable. Here's what we learned after talking to about 25 people about this on Monday afternoon. People seem to think about crime trends more when they're planning on moving to a new neighborhood and younger adults seem to be more concerned about violent crime. I would definitely utilize it. Um, my mom personally, she sends me all the crime reports that happens in Austin or Texas in general. College student Taven Tasby says she would benefit from a breakdown of the locations of car thefts and break-ins near campus. As a college student, I walk around a lot and there's a lot of burglaries and things that go around in my neighborhood. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Thanks, Bree. APD had already been publishing most of the stats as part of the monthly chief's report, but the dashboard provides more detail and a more interactive model for people to use. The department plans to publish more dashboards later on this year, covering cadets and training, retirements and separations, plus calls for service. Looking in depth here, last year, the city council voted to ask APD to post more robust and frequent data. Councilmember Mackenzie Kelly was the lone no vote she said while she's all for transparency, quote, the resolution, in my opinion, was very prescriptive. And as such, it occurred to me that it would take a lot of resources and people power in order to fulfill the requests within that resolution. The resolution's author, Councilmember Chito Vela, told us the council did approve funding for four APD data positions in the last city budget. Strong words from the Biden administration about a major failure at America's top airplane maker. Plus, how detectives are piecing together clues that could lead to the deadly shooting at that Houston church over the weekend. Welcome back, everyone. There is a new phase in the construction project to replace Rob Elementary in Uvalde. A gunman killed 19 children and two teachers over a year and a half ago. And on Monday, the foundation overseeing that project awarded the job to a construction company. A look at the rendering it shows how the school will look when it's finished. It's going to have a two-story lobby, bright hallways. Construction is going to start next month. It's expected to take about a year and a half. Really beautiful there with that tree in the middle. 
The foundation still needs more than $20 million, though, to complete the school on schedule. Also this morning, investigators are looking into a possible political motive in Sunday's shooting at Joel Olstein's Houston church. They say the shooter, 36-year-old Janice Moreno, walked into the Lakewood church with her seven-year-old son. Police say that she then started firing an AR-15 rifle that had the word Palestine written on it. She was killed in a shootout with off-duty officers. Her seven-year-old son was standing right next to her and was somehow caught in the crossfire and critically wounded in the head. While the mother is still under investigation and the motive as well, police not ruling out hate crime, even terrorism. Investigators say they learned about that dispute between, or a dispute, I should say, between Moreno and her ex-husband's family members, some of whom are Jewish. We, uh, we have uncovered some items. We do have some anti-Semitic writings that we have uncovered during this process. But like I said, we are 24 hours into it. It is very uh, new. We are getting new information as the uh, hours change. And so we are going to be delving into that more. Investigators say Moreno bought the rifle legally, but had past criminal history and mental health issues. As you get ready for Sunday's Austin Marathon, we are taking a look back at the numbers that you're going to need to beat. And a look why leaders in one central Texas county say they are focused on keeping elections in 2024 honest. Good morning. You are waking up to some breaking news and we continue to follow that live look on the Senate floor for an aid bill vote for Ukraine and for Israel. Senators are voting on that $95 billion Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan vote. Total current votes right now. We got 52 for 19 against several Republicans, including John Cornyn, voting for that bill. An update coming up in just the next few minutes on what's happening there. On November 5th, voters are going to choose the next president of the United States. Officials in Hayes County want to make sure that process goes as smoothly as possible. And so they have formed an election integrity task force. This is to look into any complaints of voter fraud or allegations about the election process. KXAM Sam Stark talked to county leaders and asked them why they think the initiatives need it. In just 10 months, Americans will cast their votes on who should lead the country for the next four years. But after the 2020 election and many unfounded claims of voter fraud and resulting investigations, leaders want to restore faith in the system. That's the purpose of Hayes County's newly formed Election Integrity Task Force. We know in a presidential election that sometimes allegations are made. We want to be cognizant of, uh, of the concerns that are out there and we want to instill voter confidence in the process. If a Hayes County voter has a concern, they can send an email with it and someone from the task force can look into it. We want it to go here so that people can have their questions answered expeditiously and can have a resolution to their concerns. Jennifer Doinoff says complaints from Hayes County voters about election integrity are uncommon, and the few they do get very seldom lead to criminal prosecution. Professor of Political Science at Texas State University William DeSoto said that more election integrity task forces have emerged in recent years, both in Texas and nationwide. He said he worries that the formation of one in Hayes County might lead people to becoming irrationally concerned about things like voter fraud. There is an evidence uh, that has been shown anywhere in the country that this is a significant issue. So that was my concern about taking this step that it may reinforce uh, the mistaken belief people, many people have that the elections are fraudulent. Dolinoff thinks the task force is essential. I think it's the only way that we can combat some of the misinformation out there. 
In Hayes County, Sam Stark, KXAN News. Going in depth here, the Texas Attorney General's Election Integrity Office website lists more than 100 different criminal offenses that investigators can charge someone with. The majority fall into a few major categories, illegal voting, mail ballot fraud, and voter assistance fraud. Okay, coming up, the Austin Marathon, just a few days away. More than 19,000 people are signed up to run on Sunday morning. There is the full marathon, mm -hmm. the half marathon, and the KXAN Simple Health 5K. It is almost here. The event actually dates back to 1992. And KXAN traced the history of past year's winners and some of the winning times to 2000. And based on those available record records, we know Mohamed Nazipov ran the fastest marathon, marathon time among male competitors back in 2001, completing the race in just two Two hours, 11 minutes, and 14 seconds. It's crazy. Meanwhile, 2004's female Victor Tatiana Borisovo won with a time of two hours, 30 minutes, and 39 seconds. For a full list of the fastest competitors, check out Kelsey Thompson's story at KXAN.com. So Kelsey works here at KXAN. She's one of our reporters, and she's also running in the marathon. So she's um, she's just pulling double yeah. duty. Yeah. You think about training for a marathon, you're like, oh, man, that would just take hours and hours every day. Well, yeah. for some, it's only two hours and a couple of minutes. <laughs> They probably don't even train. They could do it on their lunch break, <laughs> I maybe. I would need to leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> if well, I'm going to finish by Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the same boat. I definitely appreciate those who could go out there because I don't even know if mentally I'm strong enough, right. you know? Yeah, you have to Physically, that way. not a doubt, can't do it. Mentally, that is that is tough mm -hmm. to yeah. just be able to, like, I'm going to be running straight for the next <laughs> two hours at high speed. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. We're going to narrow in on that weekend forecast in just a bit, but let's get you out the door this morning kind of talk about what we've got in the short term because right now mainly clear skies blanket much of the state the exception coastal Texas we're gonna see a ton of sunshine today live look outside Whittlesea landscape supplies camera there in Liberty Hill showing nothing but a clear sky and the temperature is really the big story this morning because it's cold we've got most of us flirting with freezing out there in Mason Lano Fredericksburg San Saba Lamp passes included on that too Austin not expecting expecting a freeze that is but it is going to be cold walking out we're down to 38 already 36 bass drop 37 in lagrange dry air in place is partly why those temperatures cratered overnight dew points in the 30s pretty low it's also in combination in the fact we didn't have any clouds up top and we still have light winds in place. So all those ingredients mean a cold morning for us, but also means a quick recovery in the temperatures. We're up to the upper 60s today, a little warmer than yesterday by about 5 degrees. The south-southeast winds will continue at about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight we get down to 43, still chilly, but not quite as cold as what we had last night into this morning. Not expecting any rain today. It's possible we see a couple little sprinkles get out of some cloud cover tomorrow. Same kind of thing Thursday, but Thursday night into Friday is when we actually have a better chance of more meaningful rain. So let's walk you through it. Today, we've got sunny skies from start to finish. Tomorrow, we're going to lose a lot of that sunshine. I'm expecting partly to even mostly cloudy skies. Here's that itty-bitty sprinkle chance. Nothing that's going to ruin your Valentine's Day. A couple raindrops, if anything at all. No accumulating rain is anticipated. Not Wednesday and really not Thursday either. Thursday night, overnight into Friday, it's likely we're going to see some scattered showers, though. Try and work up from the south. The setup here is a disturbance, a low-pressure system going to our south in combination with another storm system way up north that actually sends down a cold 
cold front late in the day Friday, more so Saturday morning. This is going to be quick. As far as the rain goes, I'm really not impressed with what I'm seeing. I think, if anything, the cold front looks to be more of a weather maker for us just because it's going to bring in a whole lot of wind for everybody. Saturday into Sunday, mainly clear skies. That set your seven-day rainfall forecast here. Not the best looking storm system we've ever seen, but those further south and east, you have potential to squeeze up maybe a tenth of an inch to a quarter of an inch, isolated pockets up to about a half an inch here. So no severe weather threat, no flooding concern either. This all takes place between about Thursday night and Saturday morning. That said, seven day forecast, 67 today with sunshine, tonight 43, tomorrow just about the same temperature wise. Because we're not going to see as much sunshine, I don't think we're going to continue that warm up until Thursday and the reason is I got a lot of cloud cover keeping those overnight lows up. Look at where we started on Thursday in those low to mid 50s. Same thing Friday morning. 50% chance of scattered showers again. Southern counties, eastern counties. You're going to get most of that. Far northwest hill country. I wouldn't hold your breath on rain out of this event. Cold front comes through. A lot of wind Saturday morning. Temperatures will be in those little mid 50s. Then we get into the weekend here with some cooler temperatures until President's Day on Monday. 70 degrees there. One more thing to know 34 degrees Sunday morning, a near widespread freeze. I told you, don't plant just yet. February does weird things, and it is going to get real cold there Saturday night into Sunday morning. So we'll keep you updated on those numbers as we move forward. But I also want to tell you about this in case those of you who drive on SH 45 or Mo pack in southwest Austin. You might actually see some smoke today and even tomorrow, but don't be alarmed. This is part of a series of controlled burns from the Austin Waters Wildland Conservation Division. Officials say this will nurture grasslands, which help improve water quality and recharge the Edwards Aquifer. The burns will also reduce the chance of future destructive fires. Thank you, Kristen. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says that the door plug blowout on that Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet last month, quote, unacceptable. Preliminary National Transportation Safety Board report found that plug on the Alaska Airlines plane was missing four key anchor bolts. It says they were likely removed during the plane's final assembly at Boeing's factory. It's unacceptable. Uh, as, as you acknowledged, the, the investigation was, was with NTSB. We respect their independence. But based on that preliminary finding, the next obvious question is how? How can that happen? How can an aircraft go into service with passengers getting on board when bolts are missing that need to be there for obvious reasons? Uh, that is part of not just what NTSB is looking at, but something that informs the investigative process that FAA has underway. We've got boots on the ground, both at Spirit Aerosystem that supplier and a Boeing itself. Buttigieg made those comments Monday while visiting Portland International Airport to tour the new main terminal under construction. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Longhorn freshman Gisela Mall never had a chance to win a third straight state title at Cedar Park High School because of an off-season injury. So she graduated early, enrolled at Texas, and rehabbed that knee. Able to play, still not really 100%, but she's making the most of her time. Hit a bucket against TCU. Vic Schaefer was fired up, not really because of the basket, but because of the way Mall had played in a sequence of Hustle plays, steals, and offensive rebounds is exactly what he wants to see from any player. It was so fun to watch G play. She was having fun playing. She was effective, and she was playing hard. As I told him in a timeout, when they came over, I said, let me tell you all something. Everybody in this arena right now, they're not talking about Texas. They're not talking about TCU. 
They're talking about that kid that's on the floor after loose balls and getting offensive rebounds and out hustling everybody. They're talking about Gisela Mall. I just have a real appreciation and and admiration for kids like that. And to me, those are kids that allow you to be great. There's only so much I can control. And one of the things that I can control is my effort and, you know, how hard I play. And, you know, that's always just what I'm telling myself before every game. You know, just make the most of every opportunity that I get. I love those Zoom interviews. Never know how it will look. All right, high school hoops is postseason underway and we start with Westlake Chaparral's taking on Round Rock last night and win Thorn for the layup for Chaparral's and then Dragons get a Katie Pfeiffer finish right there trying to hang in there but too much Westlake Tamaya King with a double double 10 points 11 rebounds Westlake for the first time in four years off to the second round over at Vista Ridge High School another 6A by district game Austin High visiting Vista Ridge and it is Vista Ridge Salyer Borland with that quick release three Austin High answering trying to hang in there Kima Shaw with the three but well, Vista Ridge, too much pulling away. Amy, Abby Seitz, rather, knocking down the triple. They win it 69-40, to 40, the final score. Rather astonishing Big 12 game out in Lubbock last night. Texas Tech over number six, Kansas, 79-50. to 50, Lowest point total ever by a KU team under head coach Bill Self. He didn't see the finish. He got kicked out. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for being with us. Here's what we're tracking at 5. Austin trying to get more people off the streets. Why well, it may be tough, though, to find housing for them. 